God commands his people to arise and shine. By his power, we can rise out of the despair and we can reflect his glory and his power. Esther 4.14 says, perhaps this is the moment for which you have been created. So let's sing this next part with confidence that we were created for this moment to be the army of God. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. I hear those chains falling, yes I do. I hear those chains falling of loneliness. I hear those chains falling. I hear those chains falling, those chains of depression. I hear those chains falling, disease. I hear those chains falling, yes I do. I hear those chains falling. I hear those chains falling. Cause there's power. And there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. 
name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. family. Uh, we're joining you live uh, from the church. Uh, I'm really glad you're with us this morning. This is our second week of online services, and uh, I'd like to ask you uh, to share this post with friends and family and encourage them to join us. Uh, the more the better. Today we're looking at Psalm 107, and we've been doing a series called Rescue. Today we're going to be talking about how God rescues us uh, just like we heard on the song, from a prison. Before this pandemic, most of us might not have known much about how it feels to be in a prison, but today I think many of us feel like we're in a prison, even in our, in our own homes. We asked uh, one of the families in the church what it feels like to be a prisoner in their home, and maybe you can relate to it. Even though I already am the mother to someone oh just you know add it to the plate add it to the roles of which i need to play this trying period. all right finally have some quiet time to myself here this afternoon try to catch up on a little work here i think everybody in my household finally has what they need from me today and i can focus a little bit Mom. yes can you make some more toilet paper Sure, no problem. All right, thanks. Order a line. Uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear God, please grant my daughter the wisdom to know that toilet paper is not exactly the easiest household item to find right now. I cannot be the only one in this house that watches the news. Hey, hey! Oh. Yes, my love. Is it shampoo, then conditioner, or conditioner, and then shampoo? Um, are you serious? Yeah, I just try to rinse and repeat. I don't know which one to want. Well, if you so desire, you can rinse and repeat with the shampoo, and then you use the conditioner. All right. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, please grant me the patience to realize that even though I am his wife, it sometimes also means I'm going to have to be his mother, even though I already am the mother to someone. Oh, just, you know, add it to the plate, add it to the roles of which I need to play at this trying time. No problem. Mom! Yes? Can you help me with some homework? Homework? What subject? Math. Oh, yes, math, absolutely. My favorite. No problem. I just need to catch up on a little bit of work, and then I'll help you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, while I am a humble servant, what I am not is a math teacher. What I am most definitely not is a common core math teacher. I have a college education, and second grade math makes me second guess. Whoa! Hey, check it out! 
They just opened up fishing early. Can I go? Right now. Right now. I've had a hard day at work. I just need to blow off some steam. Can I go right now? What about dinner? Can you make it? Okay, thanks, I mean, bye. You're the best. Oh, yes, absolutely, sure. Okay, yep. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, please, please remind me. First commandment, first commandment. I am just really feeling like once I go from this full-time working mother, homeschool teacher, wife gig, that I'm probably going to end up in an inmate gig at the York County Correctional Facility. And man, orange is hey, not my color. Yes? Can you make me a smoothie? A smoothie? Uh-huh. Right over there, thanks. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, if you could please, uh, advise my daughter that what I am not is a uh, short order cook that just because the fridge has a door on it doesn't mean it always needs to be open and just because I have a stove in my house doesn't mean I always need to be standing in front of it cooking Mom! for her. Yes? Emergency. I need a fire extinguisher. Are you serious? I'm asking for a friend. Oh my dear goodness. Wow. Um, today you may feel that way. You may feel like uh, you're chained to your house. Maybe you feel overwhelmed and uh, trapped. Today we're going to talk about actually what God does uh, when we feel in prison, when we feel captive. But I want to remind you, although things are very different, really nothing has really changed. Jesus has made a promise that whatever circumstances we would have, he would build his church. And no amount of darkness or virus or evil can stop God's kingdom from growing. And so we are the church. And we still need to fulfill our mission to help people. We do that by showing Jesus' love in every way possible. And the best way we can do that is, especially at this time, is to help other people. Food, money, care, calls, whatever we can do. It's so easy in economic turndowns to feel uncertain, and so we hold on to what we have. But I want to remind you, where God guides, God will provide. We trust God and not the things that we have. So by giving today, we remind ourselves that God is in control, and giving is a form of worship. When we give, we worship God. Demonstrate your faith. Keep reaching out. God bless you as you do. There's a link on the Facebook comment page, and it links directly to our PayPal. And there's a slide that will follow, and it'll give you other ways to help support the work that we're doing here because we have more opportunity now, I believe, than ever. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, uh, that you have already provided for us, and we are just simply returning to you uh, what you have already given us. We pray your kingdom would grow in this season, God. Times of difficulty and persecution, Lord, we know your church grows. So receive our gifts, and may your kingdom grow, and may we be faithful to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Even if we don't feel like it right now, we have a hope and we have a future in the Lord. God is walking towards us in this situation. He finds us in the place that breaks us, and he wants us to live free in that place. Psalm 107 encourages us to cry out to him in our despair, and he will rescue us. So as we sing this song, just believe that he is a God who works miracles. He is our light in the darkness. Whatever darkness you're facing, let the God of promises be light for you right now.
stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop sing it out even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, that is who you are. Oh, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Oh, that is who you are. 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 Oh, Jesus. It's a powerful song. The new series. It's called Rescue. <clears throat> it's a powerful song because of the words. Uh, even when we can't see it, God's working. God never, ever stops working. Do you realize that God is doing a great work in all of us through this difficulty? It's a big question to ask. This quarantine is difficult for obvious reasons, but there is something else going on inside of me that has nothing to do with the physical inconveniences or the emotional turmoil that I'm feeling. There's something else that is unsettled in me that, during this time that has nothing to do with the physical restrictions or the changes that are taking place. It's actually harder than the quarantine. This quarantine has stirred up deeper issues in my own heart. It's like this quarantine has, in many ways, taking a mirror and, and I'm looking at myself. <laughs> Look at this. Look at yourself. I'm forced. 
I'm faced with myself every day in the ways that my pre-quarantine busy life had never quite put on display. Let me say that again, it's important. I am faced with myself every day in the ways that my pre-quarantine busy life had never quite put on display. It's true, lots covered up. I think the prison in my life were actually masked. They were covered over, mostly with the busyness of life, trying to stay busy. Psalm 107 talks about the four challenges of life situations from which we need to be rescued. Today, we're gonna look at a very powerful image and that is God rescuing a prisoner. He's rescuing the, the one, is, as the picture shows, the one who is in chains. But I really want to say to you, make no mistake about it. God is working. God is the one who is able to break the chains. And God is the one who is able to release us as prisoners. It is the work of God. And God is powerful. And God has no problem releasing his people from bondage. This quarantine has forced me to look at myself. In fact, I can't ignore the chains that I still see in my own life. The tagline that we have here at the church is where people grow. And we all know that God can use the situations of our lives to help us grow and to transform us because he's, he's always alive, he's always working, and he never stops. We, we have a mixture of emotions. Our emotions actually help us to feel what we're feeling. But I want to say something else. More than that, they can actually be clues to where God is working and doing a deeper work in us. And God wants to do it us. My prayer is that as we're going through this time, we would understand God's revelation to show us these things. This situation we're in now will end. And it will be behind us. But what will we have learned? And how will we have grown in this time? While we're facing a physical prison of sorts, what are you noticing about where you might be in prison? I want you to think about that. Where might you be in prison? I admit to you that during this time, God has shown me a place of imprisonment within me. And I'm going to share that with you today. I want to be honest with you. But I want to also say I rarely saw it before because I always had access to things and these things tried to make me feel good and, and I kept moving fast. I seldom slowed down enough actually to face my own imprisonment. So on a normal day, before the quarantine, I would get my truck. I would head to one of my favorite spots. It's just a little store. It's my favorite spot because, not because of the store, but because there's a person there. His name is Ernie. And Ernie is a great guy. He's in his 70s, and he owns that small store. It's just on the edge of town. It's one of the last old-time general stores in the area. Ernie works there. Uh, and he gets to know his customers. Uh, now, I, I don't go there every day because I need to buy anything. Uh, I actually don't need things. I go there because 
I, I want to see Ernie. I like Ernie. He's always open to talking about the Lord. I usually come away from my discussion with really feeling good about Ernie and about what I said and what Ernie said until this week. I thought I felt good because I liked Ernie and enjoyed him. But now I realize it's something deeper and it's something different. And that is what the Lord is revealing. So now we are told, stay at home. Now I have a different schedule. I still try to get out. And I still want to take that drive, and my truck seems to always want to go down to see Ernie. But then I have to remember, Ernie's not there. Ernie's gone. About two weeks ago, I went to see Ernie, as I do each day, and he told me, Pastor, my wife is sick. I'm going to have to close up, because if I get this virus and I bring it home to her, she won't make it through. And he looked at me and said, Pastor, I'm going to miss you. I really will. And I asked Ernie, I said, well, are you going to reopen? He looked at me and said, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm, getting, I, I'm getting to a time in my life where I'm, I'm really ready to retire. I want to spend more time with my wife since she's sick. So I think I'm just going to call it quits. It's been a good run, but I think I'm going to put the old girl up for sale. And that was it. Conversation ended. I was a little bit in shock. Uh, I couldn't imagine him not being there, and so I prayed for him, and I just drove away. That was two weeks ago. Ernie now is closed. I am sad. I miss him. But around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I start noticing something. I actually start to get a little tired. It comes over me quickly. I hadn't gotten in touch with it, or even I haven't actually figured out actually until I wrote this sermon. Yes, I am sad about Ernie, and I'm sad about the people who are getting sick. But there's also something else that is getting me down. And as I thought through my day, I was getting in touch with something that was really a lot deeper in me. I want to ask you, how about you? We have all been urged to shelter in place for fear of getting sick. I, I think in all of this situation, many of us are actually facing, we're facing ourselves. You're, you're actually facing yourself. We are seeing ourselves maybe in ways that have not been clear to us previously. We may be discovering actually that we are in prison. Maybe not on the outside, but we are in prison somewhere on the inside. Last week, I gave you a way to remember what God talked about when he talks about rescuing us. And all four of them began with P's. First one was predicament. Second was petition. Third was provision. And the fourth was praise. Let's go over these. These are actually very, very important. Let's say it together. First is predicament. Second is petition. Third is provision. And fourth is praise. Good. Thank you. Today, we are going to start with the first P, which is the predicament. And we're going to look at the prison. In Psalm 107, open up your Bibles to verse 10. 
It says this. It says, some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. That's the picture. Prisons in those days were oftentimes pits that were underneath the ground. What we have in this scene is someone in a dungeon on death row waiting for execution. They're in chains, and the consequent darkness is predicted. This is an imprisonment without hope, and there's no freedom for this person. If you go down to verse 12, it says that there was even no one to help. Difficult words, but this represents a great sense of loneliness and a person who feels completely hopeless. There's no way out for them. They can't do anything. The prisoner is without hope of light or life. This is how many people feel. They feel this way today. Because there's an unending end in sight, there's no end. But the psalm also speaks of the internal reality of this person being imprisoned emotionally, being imprisoned spiritually. Wow. I want to talk about one sort of prison that I think we all might be experienced. And it's that in order to be satisfied with life, many of us try to fill it with things. I've written out a list of various things which we might try to fill our lives. And I want to look at these. Um, I think many people are still trying to hang on to these things uh, because they really are, they make us feel good. But the truth is, we're empty. So let's look at them. I made a list of them. These are things that we can put at the center of our lives. They give us a, actually a false sense of security. First are other people. Second is self. Third is food or drink. Fourth can be our own physical appearance. Five can be money in our possessions. Six can be entertainment, sports, concerts. Seven is even our health. We, we fill our lives with these things. We make them the center of our lives. But the result is they give us a false sense of security. We fill our lives with things, and really, God wants to fill us with him. He, he wants to be the person who fills us. Now, I know I'm struggling with this, and in verse 10, it says that in this prison, there's no light. All prisons have this in common. In all of them, the prison is dark. The darkness in this psalm symbolizes that we are trying to fill ourselves with things that they don't satisfy us. They are fleeting. And as a result of that, our priorities are messed up. And then slowly we alienate ourselves from God. It's a slow process. We put things at the center of our lives, really, where God should be at the center of that life. We all know that, yet we fill it with all these things that are unsatisfying for us at the end of the day. On Wednesday, I woke up tired. I, I usually wake up ready to face the world. I'm pretty optimistic about the things I'm doing. But then again, I have never been at home all day. 
And during these last two weeks, I had been on the phone, making calls to people, connecting with people, trying to encourage them. After just about a week, I found I was getting tired, more, more tired than I should actually be. And I started to ask myself, I said, well, why are you so tired? And in my natural mind, I started to think, well, because it's a stressful time. But I also hear the Lord kind of say, yes, but there's more. There's more going on inside of you. There's more happening inside of you. You see, I was really churning inside. I was exhausted emotionally. And here is what I came to realize. I, I don't feel valuable. I actually don't feel productive. When the virus hit, I lost a lot. I lost Ernie, and Ernie represents that consistent day-to-day -day where I know I could go see Ernie and have conversations with him, and I'd feel good about myself. I'd feel good about Ernie. They were security in my life. While I was still ministering to people, and perhaps more than ever before, for some reason I felt like I was, I was failing. I'm not doing as much as I should be doing. Well, what's missing? That daily slap on the back from Ernie, and Ernie saying to me, Pastor, you made my day. Thanks for coming by. And this time, I have come to realize how much I had been looking to people to make me feel valuable. And that's a prison. In that prison, I really got to a place where I started to ask God. I said, God, is pleasing you enough? If I just please you, would that be enough for me? A deep question. Hmm. Perhaps you have made one of these things the center of your life. Maybe you made it your security. Maybe until you saw this list this morning, you didn't even realize that these things have become so important to you. You might feel upset. You might be feeling down. You might be feeling tired. I want to ask you a question. Can you connect the lack of one of these things during this quarantine to the fact that you're feeling unsafe and unstable? Maybe because the foundation on which you have built your life has shifted or maybe even disappeared. These things have actually made you insecure. Has the quarantine gotten you in touch with the deeper things in your life? Because as we sang, that's what God's doing. It's not just what we see in the natural, but there's a deep work that God is doing. Right now, I want you to just take a moment and uh, go on Facebook and maybe write one of these things that has become your security, that you have tried to fill your life with. Just take a moment, go online, and just write that one thing that you've been trying to fill your life with.
my prayer for you and for myself is that maybe now you see, you know what you might have put in the center of your life that actually has not left you secure, but now you feel more insecure than ever before. You thought it would bring you freedom, but now you find yourself, you're all bound up. So I want to tell you what God's word tells us. And that's the next P. The next P is petition. We cry out to God with everything that is in us. The next verse is 13. David says, then I cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved me from their distress. It's a powerful verse. The proper response to the predicament, as bad as it is, is simple. We cry out to God. At this point, crying out to God means we're telling God about what's happening. We're being honest with him. We're sharing our helplessness. We tell God of our captivity, how we feel about what's happening. We're real. We're transparent with God. In this psalm, the picture here is of someone who's in chains. And those chains are too strong to be broken. But the person knows it. They realize it. They realize they are in, unable to free themselves. And so they cry out to God. And they ask God, Lord, you got to help me. There's a recognition that the situation is beyond ourselves. And there is a God who is able to help. We acknowledge, God, I need your help. I can't get out of this prison on my own. I need your wisdom, your insight, your help, your direction. We cry out. God is stronger than our imprisonment. The moment we cry out to God is the moment we as people humble ourselves to God and we admit we need him, and we admit we can't get out. This is one of the greatest moments of our lives. We cry out. We recognize our inability, and we recognize also who God is. This week, I noticed that I had been finding myself ways to, I wanted to keep busy. Now, when I say busy, I actually mean crazy busy. <laughs> So in order to make myself feel good and accomplished and secure, I've been trying to fill that gap by doing things uh, that to me in my life seem like they might be useful. But I want to tell you now they're crazy. Rosemary took this picture of me this week. Uh, as you know, uh, we had snow on Tuesday. And then we had 50 and 60 degree weather the next day, so all the snow was melting. But I thought, I might give it a little help. And I got out the ladder, you can see my ladder, and <laughs> I proceeded to shovel the snow on my roof. Now, nobody was home, I did this all alone, and I was by myself, and think about it, I'm cleaning the roof off. I'm trying to get the snow off the roof on a 60-degree day. How crazy. Uh, in my prayer time, I 
I asked the Lord about it. I, I said, Lord, you got to show me something. I, I'm searching for value everywhere. It's like I was an empty bucket, and I was saying to people, fill this bucket for me. If you fill it up for me, I'll feel better about myself. What a reality. You see, I'm missing much more than Ernie. I'm missing the way I got filled up. The things I do are good, and I should fill them, but now in the void, without all those things, I am looking around. I'm feeling empty. Wow. But I want you to know I did what the psalmist said to do. I was out in the yard and I started crying out to the Lord, God, I want you to be at the center of my life rather than people. I just cried out. Maybe today, as I've been talking, you see a place in your life where you really not only identify it, but I want to encourage you, don't just identify, cry out to the Lord. Go to the Lord right now and just say to him, write it on Facebook. Go to Facebook and write it in. God, I want you to be at the center of my life rather than blank. Fill in the blank. Put it in right now. I have great news for you. From the predicament to the petition, now comes the third P, provision. Provision means that when people cry out to God, God responds. In verse 14, it says, as after they cried out, that God brought them out of the darkness. He brings them out of the utter darkness and broke away their chains. Wow. Someone might say, well, once we get out of this and I go back to my old life, I'm not sure if I can let go of my alcohol. I'm not sure I can let go of my money, my possessions, my job, the things that Keep me. Can I make it? If I let go of all these things. Or maybe you're thinking, I'm not sure God could break those bondages in my life. Those are thoughts. But I want to promise you, <laughs> there is a power greater than yourself and God's heart in the midst of all of this that's going on is to set you free that is his purpose 
He is working in a mighty way to bring us freedom. Even now, stay focused on what's really important. In this verse, really we see, I think, the most graphic display of God's presence. You know, God has promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Ever, ever, never. I want you to be assured in this time that the gift of God is his presence. He is there for us and he will never leave us. But also in this verse, there is God's power. And I want to talk about this because God demonstrates his power actually in two ways. The first way he shows his power is that he brings the person completely out of darkness and he brings that person into his marvelous light. The light of God cannot be stopped by darkness. As God enters, his light shines brightly. The darkness dissipates and the lightness of God is revealed in a powerful, powerful way. It's an act of God. But not only does he remove the darkness, but I want you to see that God actually shatters the doors of bronze and he cuts through the iron bars. In verse 16 it says, God breaks down the gates of bronze. These gates of bronze that hold us captive are strong. But it says that God breaks them down. It is by his power that he breaks them down. And not only does he break the gates, I want you to realize he cuts through the bars of iron. The bondage that we're in may seem strong to us, but in the sight of God... God is able to break through, and he will. I had been crying out to God. I felt the bondage on Thursday, and I actually uh, went into my yard to do some work. And as I was walking in my yard, I saw something. It was sticking up out of the ground. It was this old, rusty bucket. I went over to it, and it was just a little above the ground, and I realized I had left that bucket in the ground for a long, long time, and actually, it not only rusted, it created holes in the bucket. I was crying out to God when this happened, and as I pulled it out of the ground, right then and there, it was like, God was speaking to me. It was like God was just breaking in. And I felt the Lord saying to me, you're like the bucket. You poured all these things into your life that you think will satisfy you. They, you think it will give you security. But you now realize you have no security. You have filled your life with all the wrong things. Then he said this, I want to fill your life. I am the bondage breaker. I am the one that makes you secure. I am the one that keeps you. I am the one that when you're in prison, I am the one who brings you out. It is me. 
I love you. I am your heavenly father. I want to take care of you. Let me fill you with the real life that I really want to give you so that you can be whole and you can be free. It was one of those wow moments. Wow. I woke up on Friday and amazingly, I felt like things were lifted from me. I felt new. I felt at ease. I felt like a child who knew that his heavenly father was there for him and was going to take care of them. There was such a sense of security as I let go of that. What's in your bucket? I really want to say to you that God wants to fill that bucket with himself. God wants to break into your life right now, right here, right in your home. God is willing, God is able, and God is ready to do it now. He's trying to show us, you and I, what's going on. And he wants to give us freedom. He wants us to turn to him. He wants us to turn from things that are fleeting and temporary. Cry out to him. God can break the chains that no one else can break. God can open up doors for you that only he can open and no one else can open. He wants to do that for you. He loves you unconditionally. I'm going to ask right now that just pray with me. No matter what situation, no matter what's trying to control you, no matter what bondage you have, just, just pray. I'll pray and just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father thank you for your wonderful presence. Thank you for your wonderful presence. Thank you for your mighty power. I ask you, I ask you, the living God, the living God, to come inside, to come inside, live inside me, live inside me, break me of bondages, break me of bondages, free me, free me, forgive me of any of my sins, forgive me of any of my sins. I want to be the person, I want to be the person you created me to be, you created me to be, free, free, and loving, and loving. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name. I hope you prayed that prayer. I hope you sense the presence and the power of God right where you're at. He is working and he's very much alive, drawing us constantly to himself. Right now, we are going to celebrate communion together. And I'd like maybe someone in your house, maybe to get some bread and maybe some juice, something you could use represents the body and blood of Christ. Just do that now and I'll wait. How great the chasm that lay between us. How 
high the mountain I could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my as we're together in our homes uh, we can break bread together just take that bread and share it with each person and let's remember what Jesus Christ did the night before he died he met with his disciples in that upper room he took the bread he broke it and he said to them this is my body freely given up for you that you might know how much I love you dear Lord we just thank you for dying on the cross to free us, God, of sin, to let us be the people, Lord, where we would celebrate life and know that you're over us and you're in control. We thank you for your willingness to die. And now let's take a piece, just distribute it in each of your homes and each person, and let them take a piece of the bread. supper was over Jesus met with them he took the Passover cup he blessed it and he said this is my blood freely given for you that may you may know the power of my name of my presence of my grace for you to forgive you of all your sins and to free you dear God we thank you for the blood it's powerful more powerful than anything we know, God, as we partake of your blood. Lord, just remind us, God, how you forgive us, and how you have a plan for each of our lives and purpose, Lord. And we say as we partake, we live for you. Our life belongs to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And so now, share the cup at your house. Let each one partake. Think about his presence and his love for you. Lift your voices with us right yes. now. Hallelujah. As we declare that Jesus Christ is our living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of angels 
to be thankful for. I want to encourage you today. Always stay thankful. Always remember who your God is. He is a marvelous, powerful God, and nothing is impossible for him, and he loves you unconditionally. He is a good God. 
Praise Him today. Let your heart be filled with praise. Rejoice. Let the burdens be lifted. Let the praise of His name just rise higher and higher. And let it relieve any burdens or pressure that is on you. Knowing that praise removes the pressure. And God is lifted up. In closing, uh, I want to just remind you um, to help us this week through your giving. Uh, we've just checked on our giving link and uh, on Facebook page. And please consider giving. We need your help this week to continue what we're doing. It's important. Um, we want to keep doing this. We want to keep giving messages of hope to people. But we need your help. Please consider helping us. And also, I want you to join us each evening, Monday through Saturday, uh, 8 o'clock uh, on Facebook. I'm doing a nightly devotion called Sunglasses, trying to help us keep a spiritual, godly perspective in this time. Uh, it starts every night. And uh, please be on there with us. You can get on YouTube and even share with friends and family to be there. We need to be together. It's not a time to isolate and be alone. We need to be together to find strength, to hear God's word, react and respond together that we can lift each other up in this time. And so I encourage you to do that and bring others with you who need the hope. Keep giving, keep praying, stay in your word. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we're so grateful for today, God. You brought us into your presence, God, together as a body of believers. We sent your Holy Spirit. We, we know your word, God, is so good and so true. We believe you, Lord. And God, we want to live this out this whole week, no matter what happens, God, that we would walk by faith. We would know the power of our God. We would sense his presence, and we would be at perfect peace because you know, we know, your love for us, God. So we honor you and we praise you and we thank you, God, for this day. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. All God's people said, I'll see you all next Sunday, uh, 9.30 again. God bless you.